This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. It didn't take me long to realize that the best thing about being a dad is that you get your own holiday. Father's Day, in which people are obligated to get you presents. Shopping for the perfect Father's Day gift can be tough, but ManCrates.com makes it really easy. ManCrates builds awesome gifts for guys. They take stuff guys love, like sports, survival gear, even machetes, and packs them into a wooden crate and ships it right to your door. Go to ManCrates.com slash stew to check out all their crates and give your dad an unforgettable gift this Father's Day. ManCrates.com slash stew. talking about the Toronto Blue Jays and their incredible success as they've inched within one game of 500. Wow, is that exciting? Wow. Oof. Man. They're on a roll. If you could talk about the Winnipeg Jets for a while. <laughs> I don't think they are even exist anymore. Didn't they move? Even more excited. Isn't there just... Uh, How I about think? the Montreal Alouettes? Okay, what we can talk about, about that. Them? Michael Sam. Your, yeah. your, your boy, Michael Sam. Yeah, he's up in uh, the old Canadian Football League. You know who else is there? My boy, Cody Hoffman from BYU. Mm. Also there. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. See? So all uh, Canadian sports talk today. Of course, obviously, every Tuesday we do this here in Patton Stew. Get to get to the Edmonton Oilers coming up and uh, some of uh, their hopes and dreams for the season. They've really struggled with the draft this year. <laughs> <laughs> Triple eight seven two seven back 888-727-BECK. You have to love Canada. I mean, what is it? A glorified state of the United States of America. But they struggle to maintain their identity and their sovereignty so badly that they put all these restrictions, like 70% of uh, the artists they play on the radio have to be Canadian. Are you aware of that? No. Really? 70%, and then it's a certain percentage of of the players in the Canadian Football League have to be Canadian. And if you bring in Americans, it counts against you and all that kind of stuff. But well, yeah, like the the, the Blue Jays' big signing in the off season was uh, was Russell Martin, who's can- Canadian, and I swear that was part of it. <laughs> like they, I mean, he's, I like. I'm glad they signed him. He's for a Canadian player, team, that is part of it. Yeah, they like they like they just you know they like that, and that's you know yeah. understandable. Yeah. Um, but I listen to a, a decent amount of uh, uh, Canadian sports radio, uh, as I'm sure you do. <laughs> Um, and uh, you do realize Almost incessantly, incessantly. Yeah, you're always. I, every time I walk mm-hmm. into your office, you've got it. And yet, up. you didn't know the Canadian rule. What's that about? Well, that's what I mean. I don't hear a lot of music. I, I only listen to the talk radio, Sportsnet 590, uh, mm. the fan, which I hear right. all the time because they mm-hmm. Blue Jays talk. It's very important. Uh, maybe not to the audience, but to me, <laughs> it is. Maybe more important to the audience is whether we have an actual strategy. With ISIS. Uh, maybe no, that's important no, to the no, audience. They don't care about that. Uh, you think Our Canadian baseball is yeah. still above the still above strategy? That. Still of- above that. For okay. Obama, the audience, and uh, the Canadian football Oh, good, league. good, good. All, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is apparently uh, basically what he said. Now, of course, they're going to try to back off of this. But watch the original comment first. This is him talking about, uh, in a press conference, about their complete and total strategy about Iraqis and ISIS and everything else. Watch one of the areas where we're going to have to improve is the speed at which we're training Iraqi forces. 
where we've trained Iraqi forces directly and equipped them, and we have a, a train and assist posture, they operate effectively. Uh, where uh, we haven't, anyone believes uh, morale, no. lack of equipment, etc., may undermine the effectiveness of, of Iraqi security forces. So we want to get mm -hmm. more Iraqi security forces trained, fresh, fresh. well equipped, and focused. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, President Abadi wants the same thing. Uh, so we're reviewing a range of plans uh, for how we might do that, essentially accelerating the number of uh, Iraqi forces uh, that are properly trained and equipped uh, and have a focused strategy and good leadership. And uh, when uh, a finalized plan is presented to me by the Pentagon, then I will share it with the American people. It's not uh, – we don't yet have uh, a, uh, a complete strategy because it requires <laughs> – Commitments on the part of the Iraqis as well uh, about okay. how oh, recruitment takes place, how uh -huh. that training takes place. Uh, and so right. the details of that are, are not yet worked out. Uh-huh. He said that before, by the way. Oh, they, yeah. don't, they don't have a complete strategy. Well, he said initially they, they didn't have, have a strategy, strategy, strategy yet. yet. Now, then it was, we don't have a complete strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's, uh, well, because yeah, uh, the Pentagon has come out since he made this statement and said, well, no, we've got a strategy. I mean, we got, got, of course we've got a strategy. I mean, a strategy? We're talking about strategy? We've been strategizing uh, our Stradivarius for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> We're at war? We're talking about strategy? He's like Alan Iverson up there uh, trying to talk denials here. But I, I don't think that in reality uh, they actually do have a, a plan they think is going to work. I mean, they, I think they're, they're doing something where they're feeling it out and seeing how things react because they've limited themselves. All the things that could be a strategy to win, as you've pointed out multiple times, Pat, is, are, are things that they've taken off the table. Mm -hmm. So, and look, with this guy running things, I'm glad he's taken it off the table. But still, you know, it's going to be difficult to, to, uh, to become victorious in this and, and, and actually be honest with people about what you have as a strategy when you've taken half the strategies off the table. John Sununu called him the most incompetent um uh, I mean, ins insensitive, incompetent uh, <laughs> administration in at least, was it four generations or something like that? I don't Just know. the four generations. Just four generations. Okay, so. that's, that's, not, that's not that bad. And I mean, part of it is, I guess, incompetence. I, I don't give them that much credit, though. I, th I think a lot of this stuff is, in, I mean, it's indifference. I don't think he cares about what happens in Iraq. He just doesn't want anything to do with that. That's not his point of interest. That's not what he cares about. I, I don't really, it don't bother me with that stuff. Not his passion project? Not his passion. His passion project is the fundamental transformation of America. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's hell-bent on doing. And that's what he's pretty well accomplished uh, since he came to office. But as far as, uh, you know, the security of the United States and taking care of this mess... Uh, he doesn't want anything to do with it. So I think it's more indifference than incompetence, but you could maybe mix that in. I mean, at the very best, the very best thing you could say about these guys is they're incompetent. And, but, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it's indifference. I think it's on purpose. I think, you know, they've got ulterior motives, and uh, he's pathetic. It's it just... <laughs>
Two your, your, your problem, to him. To, so I can boil this down, your problem with Sununu's comments is that they were too nice. Too nice. <laughs> what about dumb? Far too nice. What about dumb? Oh, yeah, dumb. Dumb was it. What about oh. tone deaf? Tone deaf. Thank what about you. boggles the mind? Boggle, mind boggling. Mm -hmm. Yes. Insensitive, incompetent. Dumb, mind boggling. <laughs> tone deaf. Tone deaf, insensitive, and incompetent. incompetent. And again, the, <laughs> and pat nice. the patents do official stance nice. on those comments. Too nice. Too nice. Mm -hmm. Too nice. Uh, <laughs> too forgiving. <laughs> too forgiving. <laughs> Um, also, Obama was talking about um, heritage and immigrants and, you know, because, as you know, um, I think you know, Pat, I mean, you, judging by your viewpoints, maybe you don't. This was a nation built on immigrants. It was built mm. by immigrants. Mm. It was built on top of immigrants. Right now, the foundation mm. of the country are immigrants. If you dig down deep enough, you're going to see a bunch of immigrants down there. Wow. That is what happened with this country. It was literally built on top of immigrants. Wow. Uh, and that's okay. what a lot of people don't know. Luckily, mm. our president does. Watch. One of the remarkable things about America is that nearly all of our families originally came from someplace else. We're a nation of immigrants, the source of our strength, and something we can all take pride in. And this month, immigrant heritage. Why is that? Uh, stop it for a second. Why is that? Why? Why the hell would we take pride in that? What do I care about that? Why? Why am I proud that I came from somewhere else? Why is that a good thing? Yeah. Why is just that inherently good? It's meaningless. I'll give you an example. Meaningless. Of this. Perfect example of this. Vice just did a story about a, a town in Brazil. <laughs> And the town in Brazil was settled by 10,000 angry Confederates who left, uh, the, left the country when the Civil War ended. They were pissed off that they lost the Civil War and wanted slavery to continue. So they moved down there to Brazil. This town is a town of immigrants. Right. Is that a positive? I, like a no. bunch of people who wanted to, no. love slavery so much they gave up their citizenship and moved to Brazil to settle? So Listen, just because you moved here from somewhere else is not so something to what? be proud of. So what? I mean, I guess it meant my ancestors wanted a better life, but am I proud that they wanted a better life? I don't know. Was, uh, I, what I'm proud of is the results yes. of what they tried to achieve here. Yes. I'm proud of the c constitution that I'm they proud, put together. I'm proud that my uh, Im my immigration, uh, my immigrant ancestors came here legally. Yeah, proud I'm, of that. I'm proud of that. Proud of that. I'm yeah. proud that they assimilated into America. Proud of that. Yeah, the, the Zarniebs were immigrants. Were we, were we proud of them? <laughs> No! no. You don't get so stupid. What a <laughs> dumbass comment. You're not proud of people just because they moved here. That's, that's <laughs> not a... We've all came here. We've all come here from somewhere else. And that's something to be proud of. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really. Why? I mean, Orbitz Why? might be happy about it, but that doesn't mean that we have to be proud of it. And by the way, at what point do we stop being immigrants? Right. I mean, uh, I yeah, know. I'm sure, yes, four generations ago, somebody moved here, or maybe six <laughs> generations ago in my family, somebody moved here and, and launched the family in this country. But we've been here a while. I don't consider myself an immigrant anymore. I don't either. In fact, I was born here. I barely yeah. traveled outside the country. I went to Bermuda once. Uh, a bit of the a bit Jamaica and the Bahamas, the Dominican Republic, lots Please. of islands. But mm. I don't consider myself an immigrant here. I'm pretty much here. And, and the other thing is, every country has that same story. Of course, every single nation on earth. We all came from somewhere else. The Mexicans are not indigenous to Mexico. The Canadians are not indigenous to Canada. Aborigines are indigenous to Australia. They can maybe lay that claim. Mm -hmm. I guess. I, I mean, 
But if you go back even further from Aborigines, they weren't there they originally. They probably weren't there either. Right, everybody all started in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. Mm -hmm. Supposedly. Mm -hmm. right, it's like I, a, yeah, it's, it's just so a dumb thing this. to brag I'm about. I'm so tired of it. Like, like, I used to live in Connecticut. I don't brag about it. I know. You know? <laughs> and no, we're, we're the only ones on Earth who are saying, yeah, we're all here from somewhere else. I, why would you identify like that? Yeah. It's because he's... He doesn't identify right. with being a full-fledged, proud like, American. That's like, right. He identifies with his Kenyan heritage or whatever the deal is, or Indonesian, or New from Hawaii. He, he doesn't give a rat's ass about the United yeah, States. I mean, look, there's an ingredient take it. in the immigration process, particularly in this country, that, li that led partially to our success. And that was because, you know, I always, I always like to talk about it as an all-star team. We had a lot of people in other countries who were like, holy crap, I got a shot to go do something somewhere else. I'm going to risk all of this. I'm going to risk this crazy boat trip. I'm going to risk going to a place I've never been with no money in my pocket. I'm going to have to work my ass off to get there and make a great country. And that was an ingredient in the success of this country. But it's also the thing that this guy wants to eliminate. Right. It's the thing he doesn't praise. What he talks about is giving people things. The thing that the, the part of the immigrant story that's important is that getting off of a boat with having absolutely no idea where your next meal is coming from and creating a great country it's the last thing in the world this guy is encouraging uh, and it's really the opposite of what he wants what he wants are people to come here illegally breaking the law and then get give get gifts from the government of the people of the immigrants who are here already. So he can enslave them <laughs> and for the rest make of their lives. Dependent on government and again tear down another part of what made this country great. And a uh, side note to this is that this is his weekend address, yeah. which was Saturday, mm -hmm. uh, which was the anniversary of D-Day. No mention. Oh, you got to be kidding. Wow. Wow, that's really bad. Instead of instead of D Day, he talks about wow. how we're a country of immigrants. He talks that's about crazy. immigrant right. heritage. Monk. Let's let's start over from the beginning and, oh, yeah. and watch. Oh yeah, we haven't even gotten halfway through it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> One of the remarkable things about America is that nearly all of our families originally came from someplace else. We're a nation of immigrants. It's a source of our strength and something we can all take pride in. Why? And this month. Immigrant Heritage Month is a chance to share Why is our American stories. Too, by the way? My own life journey as an African-American mm -hmm. and the heritage shared by Michelle and our daughters, some of whose ancestors came here and changed, has made our family who we are. This month, you I'm inviting you to share your story. Stop too. talking tough. You Just to visit whitehouse.gov slash new Americans. Oh, we want to hear how you or your family made it to America. We can't just celebrate this heritage. We have to defend it by fixing our broken immigration system. I'm going to keep doing everything I can to make our immigration system more just and more fair. Last fall, I took action to provide more resources for border security, focus enforcement on the real threats to our security, modernize the legal immigration system for workers, employers, and students, and bring more undocumented immigrants out of the shadows so they can get right with the law. Some folks are still fighting against these actions. I'm going to keep fighting for them. Because the law is on our side, it's the right thing to do, and it will make America stronger. The law is not on your side. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, this guy is such a lying piece of crap. And by the way, the, the, according oh. to the Washington Post, he's stopped fighting for a lot of these things. He's had so many legal setbacks, they're kind of like, I think it's time to give up on this particular action, uh, which of course is good, just, and legal and constitutional, but surprising.
Mm -hmm. I mean, I, at this point, just legal and constitutional is not enough. Meaningless to him. Yeah, and it's meaningless to him, and he it's meaningless meaning, seemingly to our society. I guess some I of the courts still hanging hanging on a thread on that one, but it doesn't seem like it's an important uh, part of the you know the equation at this point. Uh, yesterday on his show, uh, Chris Matthews claimed that Hillary was moving further and further left, pushing uh, Bernie Sanders into irrelevancy, and that she has a few things in common with him and Al Sharpton. Douche Hall of Fame. The big news this Monday is that Hillary Clinton, the Democratic frontrunner, will offer herself this week as the candidate of the Democratic left. There'll be no center course for her as there was for Bill Clinton in the 1990s. No Democratic Leadership Council, no third way. Already she has steered left on immigration and gay marriage and attacked Republicans on voting rights and promises to be equally tough on other ideological matters. Is this the smart move? Is this perhaps more important than necessary strategy to win? Is it a position she's taking to ward off challengers or is it truly her philosophy? If you look at her, she is on uh, on issues like black and how they're treated by police, she could be Al Sharpton, and she's just as tough, laying it out like that. On immigration, as tough as any immigration lawyer fighting for the rights of Hispanics. On voting rights, she sounds like me, okay? She is really hitting the hard point. I don't think there's much room to her left if you're Bernie Sanders. Where are you going to go? Hmm. Uh, listen, America. No doubt. Listen to that. He's right on that one. And uh, this is something echoed by the Daily Beast, who called uh, Hillary Clinton the most liberal candidate uh, in your lifetime. If you're, mm -hmm. you know, 40 or 50 year old Democratic voter, uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, Politico has a story today about how um, uh, Wall Street is freaking out by what she's saying. I mean, like the people who are Democrat Wall Street supporters are saying, wait a minute. I mean, like I can deal with the normal Democrat. I can't deal with this. Uh, they're fearing that her move to the left, for whatever reason, to guard against Bernie Sanders, who has zero chance of actually winning the nomination. Uh, you know, she's just going left, 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 left. And I mean, it opens up a door for a Republican candidate that can come in and just talk sensibly about and, and competently about it's helpful for O'Malley. Yeah, it's probably helpful for O'Malley. I, you know? I mean, it, I think the largest part of it is it hurts Clinton, but it makes her honest. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes her sure. actually adopt the positions she believes, which is a positive. By the way, do you think that MSNBC is considering putting a spit shield between Chris Matthews and his guests? You mean like over like a buffet? Yeah. Like, you know, when you, yeah. You know yeah. how you put have that sneeze guard? Yeah, sneeze guard. They need like a spit shield between him and anybody who's sitting at and the I desk. And I think the camera, too. Sense. I think it would be safe for the and camera. And the camera. Man, you yeah. know. Thank you. Surprise. Separate him from America and all the spittle that's spewing out of his mouth all the time. It's yeah. really frightening. I like how he identifies himself as the most radical person on voting rights. That's great. Like the dumbest, the dumbest issue. Eighty percent of America is against you on this, and he's, he identifies he's himself as the radical. This he's is how you get twelve thousand in the demo. <laughs> Sorry, just a side point. All right, here's how you get your seventy-two hour kit: your three days of food preparation for only ten dollars, and that's for my Patriot Supply. First of all, it's really delicious food. Secondly, if you don't if you don't have any preparation at all, and you know you've been hearing about, well, I really sure you've been thinking, I'm I really should have some food just in case of some kind of emergency this is a great way to get started ten bucks for three days worth of food uh... so they limit it to a, f a family of four so you can get uh... you know a family of four for forty bucks call one eight hundred two seven four thirty forty eight hundred 
274-3040. It's a great way to get started. It is, uh, and uh, you know they, these guys do it better than anybody. They make it easy for you, which is the most important thing. I mean, like, look, it's something that you hope you never have to use in, in a pinch, mm -hmm. at least. Although it's the food's good enough that you could just eat it. But and I know Jeffy does. But uh, you know, it's uh, one of those things of you know, look, if you ever have to use it, it's there. It's easy in the meantime. It's the great way to go. Uh, it's my Patriot Supply. Call now, 800-274-3040. It's the only way you can get this deal. $10 for a 72-hour kit, including shipping. 800-274-3040. My Patriot Supply. It's not just food. It's freedom. This is a national health care alert from the Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You could qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Get free delivery, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers at no charge to you. So if you're on Medicare and have knee pain, don't wait. You may qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost. Friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have other pain-relieving braces, too, for your shoulder, ankle, or back. You may be eligible to get these items and more at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Our friendly representatives are standing by now to help you, so please call now. Call 866-295-8411. That's 866-295-8411. Again, 866-295-8411. That's 866-295-8411. It's Pat and Stu. I, uh, I, I'm really, I, you know, we, yeah, of course, I've showered and washed my hands. So my now, uh, uh, never again is now mm -hmm. uh, sign on my hand has washed away. But it, it applies to almost every story we have. I, I was watching uh, Sports Center last night, or um, something like it wasn't Sports Center. It was, it was. I know what it was. It was a. Uh, it was a film on the 1980s Miami Hurricanes team. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. you remember the Hurricanes in the 70s. Awful. 60s and 70s Miami Hurricanes get beat by 40, 50 points every, every time out. And then along came Howard Schnellenberger, and he turned the franchise, he, he turned the school around, and, and he went and recruited in the, in the urban areas in Miami and got a lot of kids from South Florida where you've got a really good pool, a uh, talented pool, uh, pool of talent mm -hmm. <laughs> so he got a bunch of kids that could play football into miami and then they eventually won a national championship but because of the arrests and the ncaa uh, sanctions and the allegations and the uh attitude of the players and the way they conducted themselves and behaved People hated him. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stand Miami in the 80s. It had nothing to do with the fact that the players were black. The They're, players were black on every team. team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what bull crap that is. They acted like they were the only school in America mm -hmm. with black football players in 1986. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so and so, you know, it started out to be a really good piece, and mm -hmm. I was really interested because I, I thought, well, you know, it's a little different spin on Miami, and they talked to a lot of the players and Michael Irvin and all those. And uh, I started to come around a little bit, and then they started with the racism. Oh, yeah, it's just, just flat-out racism. That's what it is. It's sheer fire racism calling us thugs. It's, it's just racist. It's just racism and bigotry. That's what it is. No, shut up. 
It was the way you behaved, the way yep. you conducted yourselves, and we were supposed to love it. I, I, I'm sorry, we didn't, and that doesn't make us racist. Yeah, I mean, my favorite team in that era were, was Nebraska, and they had a lot of black players. I don't know if anyone noticed, yeah. but they didn't yeah, act they like did. that. They, you know, no, they didn't. Uh, oh, that was a class organization. Yeah, it was a class organization. Now, some other players obviously had issues, just like any other team. Mm -hmm. But Tom I mean, Osborne it, knew how to shut it down. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, that's the way it was, and that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's not a, has not, it's a. What it is is a really convenient excuse if you're the person in the in the in, in that situation. And they, mm -hmm. the, I, they've been doing a lot of Allen Iverson documentaries, and I, I've always been a big Allen Iverson fan. I, I love loved watching him play, um, and uh, they've been doing a lot of documentaries because uh, you know I guess I don't know. He's I think he's turning. Four, I don't know what the heck the what the reasoning was. There's some some anniversary of something. Anyway, so you know he's constantly out there, you know saying that only he was uh, the guy given a hard time and everyone else was, you know, you, you know, you, but that's what you do when you're in those situations and you act a certain way and people start thinking things that are negative about you, you create excuses as to why uh, that is happening that are convenient mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And when you are a team where you have people getting arrested all the time and doing drugs and acting out terribly and, you know, not showing sportsmanship and all the things that Miami did in that age, you have to create the excuse that people don't like us because we're black. When every other team, like, look at LaShawn McCoy is a great example of this this year. LaShawn McCoy gets traded to the Buffalo Bills. Um, he, he gets replaced by two African-American running backs and is saying that the coach is racist for trading him. Well, no. That makes a lot of it sense. Obviously, makes no sense at all. No, and and then and then you get a story like this from uh, Jimmy Carter. White Americans have quote feelings of superiority to color pe people of color. Hey, what, what are you talking about? Speak for yourself, you douchebag. I, I, this guy is pathetic. How long do we have to hear about him? When will he shut up? When will people stop covering him? The question put to uh, Carter by writer Charles Green of the uh, AARP Bulletin allowed room for more positive reflection. But the 90-year-old former president chose to focus on the negative, as he always does, because that's who he is. Race relations have always been important to you. <clears throat> How would you assess them now? Carter responded, the recent publicity about uh, mistreatment of black people in the judicial and police realm has been a reminder that the dreams of the civil rights movement have not been realized. They've not been realized, too. None mm -hmm. of them. No, of course not. Many Americans still have racist tendencies or feelings of superiority to people of color. <laughs> <laughs> that is just unbelievable. So we've gained no ground, I guess, since the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. We've, we've gained no ground. Well, it's not like Jimmy Carter had a, a possibility of changing that. I mean, he was only president of the United States. Yeah. And has been in a leadership position, obviously, as every president is afterwards. Uh, and yeah. uh, what's he done? What have you done? Nothing. You've done nothing. Um, and look, the bottom line is, of course, we have moved quite a, quite a bit in the right direction. Uh, and, uh, you know, these complaints are largely outdated. Uh, of course, there are situations where racism happens. Of course, that. Of course, of course. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. We all understand it. But the bottom line is, we've gone so far 
probably faster than any country in the history of, of the Earth. There's still probably um, about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's still... We're the only one with this kind of diversity. Yeah, it, that, again, that same article uh, that I was just citing before about the Confederacy and the moving... Uh, the 10,000 Confederates moving to Brazil because they didn't like the idea that slavery ended. They moved there because they wanted to keep their slaves. <laughs> and uh, uh, in, until the 1970s, Brazil was still essentially allowing slavery. The 1970s. And wow. when, now they still, to this day, have um, uh, large amounts of uh, people who have to go out and try to break up slavery rings all across the country because it's still to this day going on. I've never heard of that before. That's right. really something. Well, you don't because, I mean, really what, what are you going to, it's Jeez. like, what is the media going to talk about? That? Yeah, or are no. they going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, what's going on here with, uh, you know, someone who gets traded and calls their coach racist? I mean, this is, you know, someone who commits a robbery and then winds up dying at the hands of a police officer after an altercation. It's, it's, it's I guess, sexier to talk about that, but it's the same thing Glenn talks about with, uh, with issues around, uh, surrounding uh, gay issues. It's like you have, okay, well, let's talk about the baker who doesn't want to bake a cake for a wedding when people are being thrown off roofs in the middle of uh, the Middle East all over the place mm -hmm. uh, because they're gay. Mm -hmm. I mean, why don't we, uh, when we have a country who is a, not, not you know, Russia is a country of uh, prominence. It's, you know, until fairly recently was one of the, you know, world's two superpowers and is still, you know, uh, you know on the verge of that. And, uh, and this is a country that had a, a unanimous vote outlawing public displays of affection for gays. And we're talking about whether you have to be forced to write something in icing? Mm -hmm. It's absurd. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is what the media does. Yeah. Uh, Carter was asked if he'd be able to run for president today. He's, he responded, when hundreds of thousands of dollars are spent tearing down the reputation of an opponent in order to get elected. Animosity and negativism carries on into Washington. There was harmony among congressmen when I was there. Where were you living? 1976, 77, 78, 79. Do you remember what you you certainly don't, uh, Stu? But do you remember what America felt like in the late 70s under this guy? Oh well, yeah! Oh my gosh! Certainly read enough about the era. I mean, it, it was, was a disaster. It was a disaster. It was like a depression fell over the whole country. I mean, of emotion. We were emotionally depressed. He beat us down. He made us feel like garbage. He made us feel like crap. No Republicans got along with this guy. What are you no. talking about? And I mean, you look at the Carter. Carter I love the rewrite of history yeah. here. The Carter era is interesting in that, like, a lot of people, obviously, in this audience, and I would tend to agree in many aspects, would say that Barack Obama is either the worst president ever or the worst president in our generation. And, and while I, I, there's certainly a great argument to be made, first of all, his term isn't over. So, you know, you can't <laughs> write that history yet. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I've always said that, as in terms of incompetence, I don't know that anybody can hold a candle to Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Jimmy Carter That's... was a guy, like, where, where you're seeing Obama fundamentally change society, making people more dependent on government. And those things, to me, long-term are worse. Just being a terrible guy at a job you have... Uh, that's Jimmy Carter all over the place. Barack Obama has succeeded in the things he wanted to do as president. Right. Right. Like Jimmy, Jimmy, you know, uh, Barack Obama stepped in and said, I want to change the country to be a dependent nation rather than an independent nation. Right. And he's succeeded in many aspects of that. Jimmy Carter walked in and you know, one of the things he wanted to do was turn the economy around and did the exact opposite.
<laughs> he is. He was a. I mean, he had mm-hmm. out of control runaway inflation rates to the point that you couldn't do anything in your life. Yeah, uh, you so know, bad. all these things so that bad. Carter looked over in ways uh, that are pretty material. He was actually arguably worse, especially when you talk about just incompetence, gas lines, energy shortages, it, it, uh, and runaway inflation. Like you mentioned, it was unbelievable. Mm. It was unbelievably bad. And then the malaise that, that America was was in, and it and it was largely due to him. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Let's get to this uh, Melissa Harris Perry because she is brilliant, and and it, we haven't heard from her in a while. Yeah, here's Melissa Harris Perry on college sports. A perceived culture of gender inequality within the sport. U.S. club teams pay women between $6,000 and $30,000 per 20-week season, but men pull in an average salary of more than $200,000 and can earn up to $7 million. There's a discrepancy, too, with the prize money, a big one. Germany's men's soccer team won the World Cup in Brazil last year. The players' reward was prize money around $35 million. In 2011, Japan's women's national team won the World Cup in Germany. Their prize money? One, one million dollars. BBC Sport the, study oh, in two gosh, prize Melissa. money found 30 percent of this sports reward men more highly than women. Football, no. or as we call it, soccer, was among the sports that had the biggest disparities it was? in prize money. Holy so, Brian, I want to come back amazing. to you here because during the break, I Jeez. was trying to think up a solution to the problem of building audience. And so, my solution yes. is: in 2016, we go completely dark on all media coverage of men's sports, just for one year. We have have the only televised sports, <laughs> the only idiot. print sport, just, is only idea. women's sport. And we'll just idea. see whether or not women could get Jump a fan base if, in fact, they idea. were the people who were constantly on our televisions and, and in our newspapers. You know, what, you know what that, how I would oh treat gosh. that if that were to occur? Now, first, we will discuss how dumb of an idea that is in a second. But if that were to occur, that you had a black hat of all men's media coverage for an entire year, the way I would treat that is like a strike year. Yep. Just, I mean, I didn't go to women's basketball or women's softball when Major League Baseball went on strike. I just stopped watching for and a while. And that's how all people yeah, that's would how you treat it. Because that's they, not what, if you boycott or you stop televising all men's sports, they're going to switch to women's? No, that is not going to happen. Even with soccer, I, I don't think that would happen, you know, which is a sissy sport and not a real sport. It's a, it's a commie sport. It's a commie sissy sport. And not real, okay? It's it's a it's a uh, pseudo pastime indulged in by communists and Europeans. <laughs> Just so you're right? a fan. World. I'm a fan. Okay. I'm a big fan. It's weird because commun- a lot of communist countries do play it. Yet that's where you're seeing this weird income disparity. A weird I income disparity. Why? Thirty-five million dollars <laughs> for men. Yeah. One million for the women. Why? Uh, uh, people watch men's sports. Yeah. The money doesn't just get. Uh, you don't just. <laughs> this is the thing. So when you're when you're progressive stupid. in the Obama era, you just think, well, you just print enough money to make A, B, or C happen. What happens is you get income, and then when that income comes into your organization, you have that much money to decide what to do with. <laughs> right. You don't have the thirty-five million to give to uh, to the women's soccer players because people don't care about women's soccer. Yeah. They don't pay the money to buy the jerseys. They don't go to the games. And her point is, well, if we just black out, what a great progressive solution. Well, you know what? We think um, 
oil uh, is the wrong thing and solar is the right. So if we just turn off all oil for a year, people will start liking solar. It was interesting because she's making this dumbass point about, about the disparity between the income. And then she seems to understand why. And it's because people watch men's sports and not women's. So then her rationale is, okay, well, then blackout men's sports. I, what? What is the matter with these people? <laughs> How are they on our television set in the United States of America? Seriously, is that not Soviet propaganda? Is that not, that's like a, an oppressive communist kind of thing to do. In China, you would do that. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to, if you wanted to, uh, for some reason, if, if it was, uh, if the Communist Party decided that women's sports was better, that's something that they would propose. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're just going to wipe out men's sports. And then you're going to have to watch. And we're going to make you watch. And if you don't watch, we'll put you in jail. Yeah. That's what the mentality I mean, is. That is essentially what Melissa Harris-Perry is. She's essentially a communist. Now, I, look, I don't mean that even in Man. a derogatory way. That's just what she believes. I mean, yeah. she's, uh, she's, a, yeah. she's a nut job radical uh, she really leftist. is. She uh, you know, really is. She's, you know, she, and she comes on, and they put her on because, you know, she's a professor. And, but, I mean, you look at the stuff she writes about and says, she's crazy. I mean, she, in, in an American context, she's crazy. And, mm -hmm. and I think, honestly, she'd probably be proud of that. She's much more global, and, and she thinks of herself as uh, much smarter than every American, surely. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's what she, but that's, that's what she is. She's not, a, she's not uh, Hillary Clinton. She's not, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, what's his face? You know, she, Warner or Manchin. She, she's... You know, Bernie Sanders is a little too conservative for her taste. And I think that's, that's probably true. And yeah. that's where she lives. And yeah. I, honestly, I think it's interesting to see. I, like again, like I would, I would say that as a positive with her. Happy she's out there saying these things. I mean, this is this is a great example of what what yeah. these people, many of them, actually believe. And where Hillary Clinton is essentially running right now. I mean, Hillary Clinton, we think of her as more of like because she ran to the right or tried to of Barack Obama. You kind of see her in that way of maybe, and her husband was more centrist, and you see her as more centrist. Where she's running now is Melissa Harris Perry world. Yeah, not you know? centrist at all. Not at all. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Oh, good. I, I don't like that show. Mm. I like that. Show. Didn't call them the greatest show. I mean, ever they're dumb Americans. You know what I mean? They don't even know they're from a nation of immigrants, right? It's Pat and uh, Barack Obama is making the uh, case for preserving his health care law because it's a, it's a moral case. It's uh, you, you can't take this away. It'll create chaos. You know who's responsible for that? Uh, Barack Obama. You know who's responsible for the bullcrap uh, health care law? Uh, Barack Obama. And the chaos and the mess and any resulting uh, consequences of the Supreme Court decision should it go against them, which it will not. I, I have no confidence. Do you? Do you have any confidence? It sounds exactly like it did the first time around. Yeah. Well, they're setting sure the does. stage. They're certainly making a case uh, such as that that they would uh, that they would decide against the Obama administration on the health care law. And then John Roberts does what he does, and it's mm -hmm. and they're saying all those same things now. 
And I expect the same result now. I've got no confidence. In yeah, it. and actually, I would say this one's worse because the last uh, time the the oral arguments really were in favor of repealing, and it. it felt like they were going to repeal it. And then uh, you went through this, and the, you got all these same signs. And and President Obama was out making a speech today. I know about why uh, this shouldn't happen. He's pressuring the Supreme Court. It worked last time. Why not give it a whirl again? But this time, the oral arguments were. At best, mixed. I would say, if anything, they were going against the changes we would want. Um, mm. So, I, I, honestly, I, I have no confidence. Very little confidence. Maybe yeah. we'll be shocked. Maybe I hope. You know. But here's what Obama said, and let's see if you can make any sense out of this. Okay, these are two disparate uh, uh, statements within the same paragraph. The rugged individualism that defines America has always been bound by a set of shared values, an enduring sense that we're in this together. Okay, rugged individualism, the rugged individualism that defines America has always been bound by shared values and an enduring sense that we're in it together. That's what, that's that we have an obligation to put ourselves in our neighbor's shoes and to see the common humanity in each other. It, what the hell does that mean? It's kind of an awesome place to be because when you, ha when you have the freedom of being able to say things that don't make any sense. And, and they have don't. No it does. If you really listen to this gobbledygook. Yeah, that's just a bunch like, of nonsense. What the hell are you going to just say? Yeah, it's just rambling. It doesn't even make sense. I mean, no, and it's the emperor has no clothes. They're afraid to admit it. Yeah. Somebody's afraid to speak up and say, oh, what are you talking? What? What are you, do you even know what you said? Do you listen to yourself? You graduated from Ivy League schools? Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. That's bull crap. What you're saying is that you're trying to play off conservatives here with rugged individualism, and then you're trying to pull them into your liberal mindset by saying, but that also means that you need to take care of everybody else over here, but not you. The government needs to take care of them <laughs> through the money that we're going to take from your rugged individualism. I love that. If the rugged individualism defi that defined America believed that you should have universal health care, then the founding fathers would have done it. Yeah, that's they right. They would have said, hey, that's let's right. have universal health care. What they didn't do for 200 years was uh, allow universal health care to happen. Only you in 2009 were able to actually do it. Uh, they didn't want that, uh, and uh, they, that's why they stayed away from it. And that's why every president up until you was able to stay away from it. Even some who actually wanted it weren't able to get it done. Um, and, of course, you, by hook or by crook, by pole vaulting over the wall, were able to get it done uh, in a way that was blatantly unconstitutional with massive problems that you're seeing again go to the Supreme Court. Um, and, you know, maybe you'll get another ruling. I mean, you know, any, you could stack and pressure the court. You could, you could do it. They're trying they're to try pressure it. the court right now. into. Yeah. They're trying to guilt them into making the wrong decision mm -hmm. um, by saying as many as 6.4 million people are at risk of losing their subsidies. Well, yeah. you got them into that. And I right mean, now, we'll figure it out. But I'm sorry, you got them into that through an unconstitutional law. Right. And it sucks. I'm yeah. sorry, you're dragging down the country. And, you know, right now, John Roberts is somewhere on an anonymous Twitter account re refreshing what his legacy is going to be by all the people saying how evil he'll be if he rules the wrong way. And he'll be won over. And again, it'll be a 5 4 decision. It might even be a 6 3 decision. I wouldn't be surprised to see it as a 6 3 decision against it. I mean, look, it's blatantly true. The Burwell argument is completely, uh, we are right on that. 
It is in there. We've obviously seen multiple people who are architects of it talk about it that way. It's in there. It's written that way. You can't change a law retroactively. I should say that's not even true. Done over and over and over. But I should say it's not even true, though. You can change it. What you need to do is pass an amendment to it. You need to go in and vote on it and say, okay, this is actually what we meant. We screwed up. We had a mistype. Let's fix it. You don't just get to just do it afterwards, knowing you can't get the votes to do it. And that is a. I mean. How do you run a law-based society when the people in power can say, well, I know the law that was passed says A, but what we think it meant was B, so it's B? I, 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 there, you know, again, you'd hold up your hand with, your, with the writing on it and say never again is now. We are in a, a bizarre place right now. Uh, and it, you know, but I am fully confident that it, that will stand. Me too. Me too. There you go. Because that's America in 2015. Mm -hmm. 888-727-BECK. More patents too. We live in a country that Jeffy's running free. He's not even in prison currently. What kind of country is that? I don't know. I I don't know. Well, finally, the uh, Department of Labor issued instructions for how private businesses should address a transgender individual who wants to use a different bathroom, arguing that allowing trans women to use the ladies' bathroom is a matter of health and safety. Uh, the, the core belief underlying these policies is that all employees should be permitted to use the facilities that correspond with their gender identity. Not with their gender, okay? Uh, it's who they identify with, not what's in their pants. <laughs> you know, just because they got a hoo-ha doesn't mean they're a woman. They could be more man than you are, okay? This is the, right. Yeah, of course. Am I right? right? Of course. Right, yes, right, That's right. Um, uh, I, I envision a world in the future of the Allie McBeal bathroom. Yes, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes, that I show? Do. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've seen, I've been to bars where that's the situation too, where you just walk into a main area and then there's just a bunch of stalls, and mm-hmm. men and women are in the main area, and then you have a bunch. You have essentially your own little. And some people might be on the floor having sex. Other people might be pooping on the floor. Some uh, might be swinging from the ceiling. You've probably been to different bars. It's a free for all. Um, it's a free for all. That's the world well, I envision very soon. <laughs> That's what's gonna freaking yeah, happen. We all can handle. Like it's theory. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I will agree with you. I'll, I, it doesn't. Leave, that is Jeez. not a chaotic situation. It just costs a lot. You have to redesign every freaking building in yeah. America. Like a, a building that's designed like that, there's no problem with it. I mean, it's a little weird. And you know, I don't necessarily want uh, to share my bathroom experience uh, with anyone else, let alone <laughs> females. Uh, it's, it's not positive. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Is there no room for error here? Are we just trusting that everybody who says they identify with some other gender really identifies with some other gender? Like, if Are you I'm saying a man, that someone would lie? Like, I'm a man, right? Could I not say, you know what? I identify with the women today. And I'm going into the women's bathroom. 
Certainly, I, mean, I would it, think yes, it sure. would be a... What the hell? Is that not a dangerous situation? Let's just say, like, you, uh, you know, and this has obviously occurred, you've, you you go into a woman's restaurant with a woman, or restroom with a woman, and you're, mm -hmm. you know, maybe uh, having some, uh, you're, you know, winds up uh, drunken... It happened at a, a sporting event uh, recently. We did a story on it where the woman who was married went to the bathroom and wound up hooking up with some dude, and we talked about it on the air. In that situation, would the woman not be able to claim in her legal defense that I just felt like a woman that day? That I was, mm -hmm. I, I just felt like a woman, I, or a male, excuse me. I identified as a male that day. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I was in the male bathroom. Yes. Like, there's no, you can't. I don't see why not. I don't see why you couldn't. I mean, uh, it would be I a, a good not. defense. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which, okay, you know, that's what the world we're going to. Okay. I, yeah. the, the people who are chanting war on women all the time, I'd like to see their approach when they have guys in the bathroom with them all the time. I can't imagine they're going to like that. But well, it seems to be what they're pushing for. I, look, mm -hmm. I'm not a guy. I'm identifying with, as a female. Are you? So I'm not a guy. That's all true. Right. You use the women's, women's bathroom today. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Pat and Stu, a uh, man in China is suing uh, an actress over her intense stare on her TV show. <laughs> Rules making it easier to file lawsuits in China have led to uh, maybe some frivolous claims. I'm not saying this one is necessarily. No. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to look into it a little bit more. Uh, there is a man who says actress Zhao Wei stared at him too intensely through his television set. I can't imagine suing her for anything, let alone uh, for... Uh... Well, look at, how, look at her intense stare. <laughs> look at that. She the way is, she's looking at me. She's not Don't blinking. Look I will give you that. She's not. Don't look, look at that. Don't look directly into her eyes like that. Uh, the court official, who declined to identify himself, refused to say whether the court had accepted the case. Zhao is one of China's biggest and richest movie stars. And she starred in uh, John Woo's Red Cliff. I love that movie. A uh, lawsuit oh, really? filed by a yes. Shanghai man oh. involves the primetime TV show Tiger Mom, which debuted in May and centers on a couple's differing approach to raising their daughter. Uh, so the plaintiff says that uh, Zhao's stare caused him spiritual damage. <laughs> so, Jeffy, you said you're a big fan of uh, Red Cliff. What, oh. uh, what happened? Oh, Red Cliff? What happened in that movie? I didn't see it. She struggles with, uh, you know, who she is and tries to find herself. It's, it, it, does she stare? Yeah, but like in what? Like what? What does she do? Well, for she a stares living? in every movie. Okay. Yeah. What does she do for a living in the movie? It's like, China. She doesn't work at all. She, she doesn't work, work at all. No. So she her is she's just out of work, struggling to find out who she is. Right. So how does she struggle? What What are the things she goes through to try uh, to find? Day, it's just that's what I'm saying. It's just day to day living. She struggles, and that's part of. Well, what happens in her day to day life is my question. Her town is Red Cliff. <laughs> the town name. Yeah, the town is Red Cliff. It's, it's called Red of, Cliff. It's part of struggling living there. Hmm, sounds like more of an American name. Really? Town, yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. Weird. It's almost like you've never seen the movie. It is almost that way, isn't it? But mm. it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I uh, is that a? I mean, people. I will say that you know we're not exactly. We should do full disclosure here. Mm -hmm. uh, many people have sued Jeffy for the way he stares at them. Mm -hmm. So we we are we're involved in this storyline a little bit. Uh, well, <laughs> also it's a well known fact that uh, uh, Megan Kelly's continually hitting him, hitting on me. Uh, you've seen the way she looks at me every night. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Right. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And I've told her before, Megan, I'm a happily married man. No. And I've told her, stop. Back off. Okay? This is seriously embarrassing for you now. Stop it. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, what, what's her reaction? She won't. She that? just won't stop. She I've... just continues to stare. She continues that look. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen it a million times. And uh, I'm considering a lawsuit, frankly. Really? Yeah, if we loosen up our regulations here in America anymore, I'm going to sue her. I think there's a good bet that we're going to loosen up our regulations anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's certainly gonna, something. It's you know like that's going to happen, you know? You know that's going to happen. <laughs> um, I actually do <laughs> believe your Megyn Kelly story like mm -hmm. I believe Jeffy saw Redcliffe. Uh, same, <laughs> yeah. same amount. Did you love Redcliffe? Thank you, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, also, p police are searching for a woman accused of pepper spraying Del Taco employees and customers over uh, burrito orders. <laughs> That's a good idea. I kind of feel like I'm on her side on this one. Uh, police are in the hunt for a woman. They say sprayed uh, pepper sprayed customers and employees inside a fast food restaurant. drive through customer allegedly upset about her burrito order is accused of walking into Del Taco <laughs> and uh, attacking them with pepper spray. Rose Keith wore sunglasses during her interview because she says her eyes were still on fire hours after being sprayed in the eyes. It was horrifying. It was terrible. She sprayed me in my face, and I turned around, and I couldn't see afterwards. Keith says she noticed a pepper, pepper spray suspect making a scene about her burrito and throwing a basket of condiments at employees. I've felt like this a few times. Mm -hmm, yeah. Is <laughs> that a drive-thru? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you drive away from the place, and they got your order wrong again! Uh, you should have checked you tell before them, you drove tell them No pickles, no tomatoes, and you get pickles and like three times the tomatoes. <laughs> that drives me out of my the mind. we thought you said extra thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Extra doesn't sound like no. No, it does not. Okay. They're different words. Uh, but police have uh, the license plate number of the vehicle, and uh, obviously they're, they're looking for the woman now. And researchers say they've cracked the code to being happy. Correct orders at fast food restaurants. That's it. That's the Thank code. You. Mm -hmm. Exactly. As long as the food comes out, you're mm -hmm. always happy. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, uh, psychiatrist John Tamarin says, for many people, the root of everything we're uh, chasing, a better job, more money, true love, is happiness. But this endless pursuit often backfires, too. And we should uh, tell you, in backfires. case you're not familiar with what happiness looks like, we have a picture of three people smiling happiness, to right indicate there. what happiness is. <laughs> Surprisingly, they're not old, four, three or four old men. No, they seem to be attractive young yeah, females. That's weird. Um, which is a, just a strange coincidence. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly not something that just television does. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but I, I, this is an interesting thing. They're saying after decades in a dozen uh, clinical trials, researchers, researchers excuse me, say they've actually cracked the code and they've published it in a handbook. Uh, if we learn to command our thoughts, shifting perspective away from the negative and embrace the positive, we will be happier. Jeffy, you're a good example of this. Really positive guy. You know, you always see, you always see in the bright side things. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you're, I try. 
uh, you know, your grass is always greener. Oh. For you. The grass is definitely always greener. Mm -hmm. That's more of a That's drug reference for you, but if it's, it's true <laughs> still. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This is something like, I, we always, the standard line on this is money can't buy happiness or, you know. Sure helps, though. It really does. It's actually really great. You can rent it for um, about an hour or so, too. Well, that's love. Uh, money that can rent love, you love. That we know. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it, like, mm. it doesn't guarantee happiness is the, is the appropriate way to say that. It certainly mm. makes it a hell of a lot easier. Because, you know, when you're not struggling to get through the basic things in life, well, I've lived both lives. I, we, mm. I grew up in a, in a house that was, you know, relatively middle class, maybe a little bit below at times. Um, well, here we and, go. Earlier mm. it was I never talk about Connecticut, and here we go again. Go ahead. Again. Talk about Connecticut. Yeah, tell us about your childhood. I'm not. You told, I'm not. Us, you told us earlier, I'm from Connecticut. I never talk about it. Here you go again. Again, that would indicate I did it another time. You're just, this is one time, and you're saying it's again. Oh, you're always. And again, it, I also lived in New York, so it, could, it was not Connecticut-specific. It's, it's youth-specific. The bottom line is, you li I lived in a place where I did not make a lot of money. I then uh, got out of the house and started working and made really no money at all <laughs> and lived in a, you know, uh, a series of places where I would open up cereal boxes and see cockroaches. And, you know, look, I know what it was like then. I know it was like that. Was I happy then? A lot of times I was. It didn't mean that I wasn't happy, but it, it does make it a hell of a lot easier yeah. oh, when you could take dumb no annoyances question. of your life out because of this. You know what I mean? Like, I, like no question. You know, like uh, one of the things I hated more than life itself back when I lived in Connecticut See? was mowing the lawn. I freaking hated it. I mean, it was like the bane of my existence. I hated the damn lawnmower. I hated walking back and forth. We had, we had like, you know, it was a decent sized yard uh, when I was, you know, when we lived in Connecticut. Uh, but I hated it. It was like the first thing I thought about every time I was going around, when I have any money, the first thing I'm going to do with that money is pay somebody to do this because I freaking hate it. I hated the thing stalling, trying to start it again. We didn't have a, a riding mower. We had a crappy push mower. You should have purchased it didn't better work equipment. Well. Exactly. Whatever. I'm, I'm with you on this. <laughs> Bottom line is the second I had $12 in my bank account, I was, going, I was going to pay anybody to mow my freaking lawn. And as I was leaving my house today, uh, uh, I realized that today was the day that someone was going to come and mow my wonderful <laughs> lawn. And I was like, you know what? Right. This makes my day so much better. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drive home from work later on, uh, today and have to get it in before the sun goes down and try to mow my lawn. I'm not gonna have to do that. You know why? It's gonna be mowed when I return. <laughs> and, uh, look, does that make me happy? I mean, it does make an hour of my life a hell of a lot better. It no does, you know, maybe and depending on how big your lawn is, maybe longer. Yeah, but I mean, with uh, even a small lawn, I mean, you got to edge and trim the bushes and fertilize. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I'm with you. Do you do that to I'm yourself? Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. Stu, you can't keep me out of the garden. <laughs> I, I, um, would, I believe you that. You can't keep me I out of the garden. There's no, I trim the hedges. There's no make way sure you pay somebody to come make sure there's lawn. Make sure there's fertilizer yeah, and no. dark you mulch around the bushes. you got to do it yourself, I, right? To, I, to you must. insist I can't. on it. You know Look, who does when it? I, Amber. Yeah. Amber actually probably does Amber it. She's just like, does. your wife is probably out there doing it, and you're sitting there like with your feet up, <laughs> throwing down cupcakes. 
while she's walking around doing the actual work. Am I right? Oh, oh, oh I wish that was true. <laughs> do you actually do it yourself? Or uh, do you, no. Do you have somebody else do it? All right, look, I mean, and, and it's become, uh, this is a positive of capitalism, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is not, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people are probably thinking, well, I, I'm on my own lawn, screw you. And, and believe me, uh, I understand that. But this is, the, the, the increase of specialization is a benefit of capitalism. It, like, you think, it seems ridiculous to a lot of people to say, I'm not going to freaking pay somebody to mow my lawn. Well, you pay someone le- probably to fix your car. You pay someone probably to come service appliances. You pay people to do these things. And as you as society advances, you get people who are specialized in doing things quickly and right. And, you know, you do what you do well and use the currency you earn for that job to make your life a little bit better. And Ta-da. let someone... Build something like I. We have a uh, you know I. We have a handyman as well. Like I do nothing. Okay. The bottom line is I used to freaking sit in my in my in my house and build IKEA furniture every freaking weekend and get so pissed off and I would swear up a storm and I would you know it, I would put it up and it'd be like and now that doesn't happen. You know why? Because I don't do it anymore. Now someone who knows what the hell they're doing does it instead. Mm-hmm. And that makes not only the, my life better, but also theirs. They're getting paid for something that they know how to do well, and they're able to spend their currency on something else. Wonderful. It's capitalism, baby. It's, it's, uh, it's specialization, it. it's, it, and it works. I have a neighbor who insists. I, I guess he likes it. He seems yeah. like he likes it. You know, he has the kids out there doing it, and, and sometimes I'll look over there and think, Meh, you know, no. <laughs> wait, wait. I, you didn't even get to the sentence <laughs> no, where you consider I it? Don't. You just I make don't, the noise, no. the no, initial noise no, that I'm starts. The people come again this week. No. I like Stu was nope. forced to do that as a child. Yeah, so was and, I. So was and I. Freaking shoveling sidewalks and, no. and all that stuff, and I just it was just mm. it's so much nicer. You're right. I, there's a couple of neighbors in my neighborhood that love doing them themselves. I know they do. Yeah. They get out, they yeah. mow the edge, you can tell they like they to. trim the hedges and yeah, do it all. Fine, Yeah, absolutely. I don't have any problem with that. I do not either. That's wonderful. I know how to use all the equipment. Good. That's great. Because I was forced to use it as a kid, but. Nope, I'm yeah. ha- I'm happy with the crew that comes. Me They're too. in and out. Me too. Yep. They're in, in and out. They have done freaking way before I'd be done. Great equipment. Gosh, great yes. industrial strength equipment. That's it's, right. They come it's in three or four so people. Efficient. It's so efficient. You. They come and it's in like and it, out, baby. It's like an army of ants sweeps across your lawn <laughs> and then it's beautiful. <laughs> and then it's good. Whoa! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, no man. No way. There's everything right. That's right. That cannot be everything right with that. That cannot be bad. And so you're right. And I. I remember the struggling days in the early times of my marriage and then, you know, the year that I was without a work in, in 1997, and those were really tough times. But those are those can be great times. Too. Sure. Sure. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to be happy when you get money, but it, it does freaking help. That, that the money, stress, and strain, and wondering if you're going to be able to make ends meet and pay the rent, that sucks. And yeah. so when that's not there, yeah, you can be happier. You can be. I, I mean... Money can't maybe buy happiness, but it can certainly help bring about peace of mind. Right. And it brings, right? it brings you right. to a position where you're considering things yeah. um, that are uh, more conducive to happiness. You're, you're, spending, you're figuring out how to spend time in a way that, that makes you and your loved ones happy. You're thinking about maybe larger things. Maybe it's things like uh, faith or it's things like uh, you know, uh, charity that make you happy. You have more of a cushion to consider those things more seriously. There's a lot that goes with it. It's not just yachts. 
right? Right. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, I mean, everyone loves yachts, I'm sure, but, I, I, you know, I, they don't have one, and nor will they ever have one because it's not an interest to me. Um, but still. And they're somewhat pricey. They are pricey, I've noticed. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like. $200 million. You find the things that you like to. Ah, you can get one for cheaper than that. A little bit. Jeffy will sell you one for $100 million. <laughs> That's really nice. I'll give, I'll give right. you one tomorrow for $50 million cash. Okay. Wow. Oh, oh, that's no great. What a, what a deal. He'll deliver it the day after you pay him, though. <laughs> Just so you know. 888 back is the uh, phone number. <laughs> oh, I mean, you'll, you'll get it there eventually. You know, I mean, you're, you're a little busy. You have to deposit that money and, and things. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is, uh, well, let's see. What is it? Man crates. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's man crates time. Uh, man crates is the perfect Father's Day gift. Your dad, uh, you know, he probably is the one forcing you to, to mow your lawn. Don't hold that against him. Uh, instead, get him a great Father's Day gift. Any category of things that he might like. Uh, if he is a golfer, if he loves zombie movies, if he uh, loves to, um, uh, you know, well, for example, this one. This is the uh, Whiskey Lovers. Loves his whiskey. Get him these cool, this one, this particular box has the, uh, the circular uh, ice cube mold things, which I freaking love. And personalized cups. Right here, this one, mine says stew. I'm not actually... And they didn't give me this for Father's Day, but I, they gave me the cups anyway. Plus, lots of food is usually in there. These cool slate coasters are in there. These are, I mean, this got some, these got some weight to them. They and do. they're nice. They're, they're heavy. Perfect fit for a man cave. Or even, Honestly, these can go right out in your living room, and your wife's not even going to kill you. It's fantastic. Mancrates.com has great high-end stuff uh, for you this, uh, uh, this Father's Day. And I'll give you really any price range, any topic. Go there, mancrates.com slash stew. Check out all their crates and give your dad an unforgettable gift this Father's Day. Mancrates.com slash stew. Seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, well, it's no surprise, I guess. It, they're leaking another story from NBC today that uh, Brian Williams not coming back as anchor. Now, it's not official yet, but they say that the the official announcement is going to come probably this week. Oh, really? It, yeah. Wow. And, it, and it looks like he's not coming back as anchor. Now they're 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 looking at a couple of possibilities, and that's some other position for him at the network. I don't, what else is he going to do? Now, yeah. Guy makes ten million a year. Okay, he's got a five million dollar or a five year contract, so he's got fifty million dollars coming to him. What are you going to have a fifty million dollar guy do? And they're not going to fire him for costs. <clears throat> they're going to essentially no, pay they, out his contract. They are working on. There's a two, I guess there's two. Yeah, there's two possibilities. One, he leaves the network, they buy him out, and the other is they find something else for him to do. Yeah, I mean it's possible they could renegotiate. He could pay get paid three million to do specials or something, but yeah, or you know they say okay, you got fifty million coming. We'll give you a 20. See ya. Yeah. Bye-bye. That seems like the most likely thing. And you could totally see. By the way, if I was another network, I'd pick him up. <laughs> you and me yeah. both. You're I t- will say this again. He's the only star left on television. T- well, except as for far as who's going to replace him. As far as news. Uh, oh, except yeah. for who's going to replace him. Now, is it true that well, you actually flew to New York City to argue on behalf of Lester Holt getting the job? Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like. It a, you're right. They're talking about Lester Holt being the guy. Well-deserved. 
He deserves that job. Does back. he really? Yes. Why? He Why? should have had it before Brian. Why? Because no, no, he, he should not. Brian, oh, please, Brian. Shut Williams up. Backstabbed Lester Holt in the beginning. What <laughs> is the it was deal? <laughs> Jeffy has some weird, like, uh, weird deal uh, opinion with Lester that it was Holt. A Letterman Leno, like, <laughs> big bra. <laughs> that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> Why do you love Lester Holt? So? I just like Les. He's okay. I just like you Les. He's a good Les? guy. He's a good guy. I mean, this, who calls him Les? Uh, only Jeffy. Uh, by the way, <laughs> they do say he will most likely take uh, Williams' uh, anchor chair. However, I'm with Stu, though. I say most likely get just let Brian back on. Yeah. Let's go but what? It. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just do it. Go. Do it. Be, Anything he does at the network now is special projects. Every once in a while, he does a Tom Brokaw type of special. It's it's a demotion. It's It's, you know, he has to swallow a lot of pride. He has to... Take a pay cut, probably. It's going to be, uh, it's going to hurt his pride. This and is, a lot of guys don't want to do that. This is why I believe um, that there are two possibilities here. If, I, if you're running, if you're, if you're taking the job, you're running at NBC, there's only two things that could, are possibly going on here. One is you just put the damn guy back on yep. the air in the same, his old job and, and damn the time. I would have done that at the beginning. I, I, I don't think I would have. Maybe I would have suspended him for a week. I yeah, don't know. They should have already done it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Six exactly. months thing was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. That put him in a situation where they had to let him go yeah. from, from yeah, nightly news. It was stupid. It's but, over at but that point. The only thing I could think of is maybe he they have internal personnel issues with the guy in that he's like, he's lied directly to them many times, and they're pissed off personally about it. They can't possibly care about whether he's an accurate newsman or not. This is the same company as MSNBC. This is not their concern. Mm -hmm. it, it can only be like maybe they've, he's angered them personally, so they're going to get rid of him. But the bottom line is if you want to put – the best thing for him is just to put him back on the air. You put him back on the air within, honestly, two weeks, nobody would be talking about it, and you'd probably be number one again. It's already been forgotten. Yeah. Uh, so they could be past this already. So stupid. He'd be in the anchor chair, and they probably wouldn't have lost to ABC. You just got to stop reacting to this stuff. Which I mean, they lost the whole sweeps uh, thing to ABC this time. Yeah, and that's David Muir. Yeah, whatever. yeah. And he yeah. seems to be. If there's anyone who's, who's the a non-entity, yeah. but he is up and coming yeah. now because. There's nobody, and and when uh, Brian Williams went away, people started tuning around. I guess it's, I guess there was some disintegration in the ratings, even with him, but it got a lot worse when Lester Holt took over. And, and well, he's Williams battling back gone. now. First of all, don't wasn't that wasn't all Lester's fault. <laughs> Okay, that was Brian Williams' fault. You are Brian a Lester Williams. groupie. Brian Williams' fault. You're definitely so, a Lester I mean, Holt groupie. He's had an uphill battle to fight, you, and the ratings he, are coming back. He, yeah. You okay. need to start a new Twitter handle, at uh, Lester Holt Apologist, because that is who you are. And forget Fisher Files or whatever, Jeffy MRA. It needs to be at Lester Holt Apologist. It's so weird. <laughs> it is. I mean, I like him, too, but yeah, I'm not Yeah, I mean, seems fine. I, he's fine. You know, but I don't... You're the only person I've ever met that has passion for Lester Holt, including Lester Holt and Mrs. Lester Holt. Right. The problem with Lester Holt is his name, Lester. It's a bad name. Okay? It's an really? Old, it's an old, bad name. I never thought of that before. That's, is that true? That's yes, confirmed? it's true. It's confirmed. Like, if your name's Blaine, okay, that's up to date. So if he was that's Blaine today. Holt. Blaine Holt. This guy go, would be hey, number one. Hey, this guy needs to chair the anchor, the, uh, be the anchor on the NBC Nightly News. Blaine Holt, man. It's awesome. Hmm. Lester? You're like, what? Get him off. What is he, a pervert?
Because it rhymes with molester? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Wait, it wasn't that it rhymes with molester and you still were calling him a pervert? <laughs> Maybe this is why Jeffy likes him so much. Maybe. <laughs> you guys have is? a sympathetic thing. Except you well, like well, it because of it, all, and I don't. Well, first of all, it was Chester. <laughs> Not less. I know. That was the molester. That's true. Okay. okay so, All right. Put on that. <laughs> just, molester you're, looking, you're just lucky it doesn't rhyme with Jeffy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all you got to be worried about. <laughs> uh, Netflix has now purchased a, um, a Brad Pitt movie. Uh, this is called War Machine. Uh, they are based, I mean, you can make the argument they're just going around these cable companies and they're just leading the way with all entertainment at this point. I mean, between so, them and HBO are really the places where all this could be a first-run movie on Netflix yeah, with I Brad so. Pitt. But, uh, uh, four-star wow. rock star general uh, in a satirical comedy. Wow! Um, and remember, they you know again, I uh, not a fan uh, of, of of Adam Sandler's movies at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they purchased uh, all the rights to his stuff as well. Um, he's got some mm. movie with video games mm. coming out. I don't know if this is the first one of the Netflix oh. deal or the last one of the previous deal, or, but it, again, it looks stupid. It does not look good. It looks stupid. It does not look good. Have you seen that? Have you seen the previews for that? Uh, Pic- Pixels? I, I, in, and I like Adam Sandler. They're in a real-life Donkey Kong or something. Yeah, and like Pac-Man. They're, yeah. Oof, just not... Uh, uh, really stupid looking. It does not look good, man. Um, um, yeah. He lost it in the 90s. He had some good movies. Sandler had, you know, The yeah. Wedding Singer was really fun. Mm-hmm. Billy Madison mm-hmm. I thought was fun. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Classic. Gilmore. Classic. Mm-hmm. Classic yeah, yeah, yeah. is strong. I liked it. Maybe a little I liked it. tad strong. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I... Uh, <laughs> but good. You know. He had that... Uh, did he have any others? That's about it. Blind Dates. 50 Blind, blind Dates. 50 blind people dates liked. Was that was good. in the 2000s, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he, Look, the 50 guy... 50 First Dates, yeah, that was really good. 50, 50 First. That's right. That was real good. Um, the, the issue, of course, is just, you know, you know, the, he costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to pay him a lot. Uh, you're paying him 20 mil just for the, you know, pictures. And... You know, just as a salary, and then he he has a lot of co- creative control. The but there are not small budgeted movies. I mean, look at this this one with the video games. I mean, it, the effects look crazy. Yeah, You've got do. basically pixelated video games interacting with real people. This is not a twenty million dollar budget movie. Yeah, well, that's, um, what it's, that's what it's called too. Pixels. Pixels, yeah. and I, I you know, so maybe it'll be huge. I don't know, but I you know, I just I don't I don't have a lot of faith in the Adam Sandler. Uh, no, I don't either. At this point, even though it seems like a likable guy in general, it just you know doesn't seem like I haven't liked anything in a while. It's been really fascinating to watch the evolution of Netflix, though, and we've talked about it before, where they they started out as a as competition for blockbuster video. Look what they are today. Yeah. Look what they are today. Basically, what they have become is just leading else. the world in entertainment. I mean, they so. I think yesterday they were talking mm-hmm. about uh, their expansion into Europe and all these other places. I mean, they're really they're going crazy. They're going to have now, so many people. Original Hollywood movies. Yeah. Holy cow! Amazing. And they've already been really doing the something. series, and the series yeah. are so well good. respected and so good. Yeah, really, really good. I mean, it's great. Um, Plus, the Adam Sandler. That's what I was thinking of. Is that not the Pixels, but the movie he's working on, which. I don't know if this was for Netflix or not, but this latest movie that's in filming was this uh, comedy about uh, Western, and he oh, was making fun yeah. of he was making fun of all the westerns how they used to uh, uh, put everyone in their roles, like the black guy and the mm-hmm. Indian mm-hmm. and the cowboy, and he was having real Indians play the Indians, and the Indians got mad at him mm-hmm. because they were playing satirical Indians, and he's like. That's mm. the point of the movie. Right, yeah. So he's having big troubles with them, too. 
So I don't mm. know if that movie's going to get done. Yeah, I mean, I mean they can obviously, uh, I guess, hire somebody else. I mean, you got to believe that there are some Native Americans who are not, uh, don't have sticks lodged inside of them. <laughs> uh, it's like, relax. I, mean, I can all freaking... I mean, don't people make fun of white guys? I mean, yeah, all the you time. Can. And that's you can usually, make fun of white guys. Yeah, you can. But um, this actual movie looks really good. Uh, this is uh, it has Matt Damon in it, which is not necessarily a positive for me. Uh, but apparently, it's a really big book, and and now they're making a movie of it. It's called The Martian. We have the uh, trailer for you. This is uh, just came out, I think, yesterday. Love space movies. Watch. Every human being has a basic instinct to help each other out. If a hiker gets lost in the mountains, people coordinate a search. If an earthquake levels the city, people all over the world send emergency supplies. This instinct is found in every culture, without exception. At around 4.30 a.m., our satellites detected a storm approaching the Ares 3 mission site on Mars. The storm had escalated to severe we had no choice but to abort the mission. But during the evacuation, astronaut Mark Watney was killed. I'm entering this log for the record. This is Mark Watney, and I'm still alive, obviously. I have no way to contact NASA or my crewmates, but even if I could, it would take four years for another manned mission to reach me, and I'm in a hab designed to last 31 days. So, in the face of overwhelming odds, I'm left with only one option. I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this. Okay, let's do the math. I gotta figure out how to grow four years' worth of food here on a planet where nothing grows. But if I can't figure out a way to make contact with NASA, none of this matters anyway. Houston, be advised. We've got a video message. It's directed to the whole crew. Play it. My God. <laughs> Mark Watney's still alive. Woo! In your face, Neil Armstrong. We left him behind. Let's go get our boy. This is something NASA rejected. So we're talking mutiny. And if we mess up the supply rendezvous, we die. If we mess up the Earth gravity assist, we die. It's space. It doesn't cooperate. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's going to go south on you. And you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Is it possible that he's still alive? The Martian. The Martian. Looks really good, actually. That looks really good. <laughs> yeah. Help is only 140 million miles away. Matt <laughs> so. Damon. Again, also, Elysium also looked good. Uh, and it Stranded was, uh, on a good point. <laughs> yeah. yes, good point. Hopefully they do a better yes, job with this. Hopefully it's not also a, you know, 
mildly hidden uh, we hate the rich people played yeah, by uh, rich people so movie bad. That or I can't we take. went to mars originally because the earth was dying thanks to uh, climate change right uh -huh. <laughs> yes uh, it's probably going to be in there somewhere but as long as they can limit it i can handle the movie it looks actually pretty good yeah it does triple eight seven two seven back more patents too coming up Interesting. Um, some undelivered speeches that we, seriously, we didn't want these delivered, uh, but they would have changed the course of history had they been delivered. Like, for instance, in the event of a moonshot disaster, as the world uh, nervously waited for Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin to land on the moon, uh, Nixon speechwriter William Sapphire penned a speech in case the astronauts were stranded in space. And uh, it was addressed to H.R. Haldeman, Chief of Staff, remember him from the Watergate hearings, uh -huh. uh, and in, it includes chilling directions for the president, NASA, and clergy in case something went awry. Here's the text. Should we have President Jeffy behind his podium uh, mm -hmm. deliver this speech? This is yeah, picture, picture tuning in. Uh, you know a disaster has gone down. The president of the United States, who happens in this particular case to be Jeff overweight, uh, uh, steps mm -hmm. to the podium. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. I, I don't want to be President. <laughs> Read the speech. <laughs> I don't want to be President. So you think he just stepped out? Yeah. I don't want to be President. <laughs> Good job, Jeffy. This is Thank too you. hard a speech. No, I, don't, I, don't I don't want to be, be President. Times are too I, hard. I'm resigning. Uh, I guess asking hard. him to read was, a, was one, a bridge too, too far, much. Pat. Do you want to uh, take it over? Uh, spoons would have been a good speech, Chevy. Uh, fate has ordained that the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon to rest in peace. <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> These brave men, Neil Armstrong and Edwin Aldrin, know that there is no hope for their recovery, but they also know that there is hope for mankind in their sacrifice. These two men are laying down their lives in mankind's most noble goal, the search for truth and understanding. They will be mourned by their families and friends. They will be mourned by their nation. They will be mourned by the people of the world. They will be mourned by a mother earth that dared send two of her sons into the unknown. In their exploration, they stirred the people of the world to feel as one. In their sacrifice, they bind more tightly the brotherhood of man. In ancient days, men looked to the stars and saw their heroes in the constellations. In modern times, we do much the same, but our heroes are epic men of flesh and blood. Others will follow and surely find their way home. Man's search will not be denied, but these men were the first, and they will remain the foremost in our hearts. For every human being who looks up at the moon in the nights to come will know that there is some corner of another world that is forever mankind. It's mm. a great speech. Yeah. It's a great speech. I'm really glad they didn't have to make that. Yeah. It would have been really 
heart-wrenching. Yeah. Tragic. Same situation for Eisenhower in case of failure message. Uh, and we've talked about this one before as mm -hmm. it relates to our president today, who continually blames the military, continually blames his predecessor, continually blames anyone else f for mm -hmm. anything that goes on, particularly in the... In the, in the uh, fields of foreign battle, uh, and uh, Eisenhower was uh, the opposite. Listen to this. This is interesting. Our landings have failed to gain a satisfactory foothold, and I have withdrawn the troops. My decision to attack at this time and place was based on the best information available. The troops, the air, and the Navy did all that bravery and devotion to duty could do. If any blame or fault attaches the attempt to the attempt, it is mine alone. I, I mean, he's that's not passing the buck. This is a stand-up guy. It's holding it. Yeah. That's great. Yep. That's the buck stopping with him, with the commander, with the general, with the guy who uh, helped design and, and order the operation. And this president would never do that. He didn't say it was Coolidge's fault. No. He didn't say uh, it was no. Taft's fault. It was Bradley's fault. It was Patton's fault. No. Squarely on his, on his own shoulders by Gadfrey. Mm -hmm. uh, also, there's an ASMR test. An increasing number of people report experiencing autonomous sensory meridian response. Some kind of whole body tingling that listening to soft monotone voices can trigger. Hmm. Weird. Check this out. Hello, my Hi. name is Maria, and I'm here to tell you about ASMR. Autonomous sensory meridian response it's a pleasant tingling feeling that you experience when you hear unique soft voices <laughs> or hear certain soothing sounds oh. such as tapping I'm experiencing massive irritation. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all I'm experiencing. It, no, okay. Keep going, I'm tingling. No, that's enough. But are you tingling, Jeffy? No, I'm tingling. No, let's yeah, stop, Jeffy tingling. Stop, Jeffy tingling. Um, yeah. So, what do you? Uh, did you actually? <laughs> I am not ASMR, tingling. ASMR. ASMR. Did you get some I, ASMR? I did get some ASMR. You got some asthma? Yeah. Oh, I didn't get any asthma. Yeah, that's. That. Uh, there's some weird crap on YouTube. That was that, really weird. What? Are, what's the thing where people are like opening, like, boxes? slowly and people like watching and they like millions of hits do you know what i'm talking what? about i just i've read about this no. recently it's like people will like open toys mm -hmm. really slowly um will like Why? make sounds like this I, I don't know i guess it's pleasing to some people i'm really i don't freaking understand it <laughs> sounds stupid to me. <laughs> sounds jeffy stupid. you uh founder of all fetishes what do you what do you know about that there are many things uh -huh. that make people tingle do mm -hmm. and look okay let's move if on you're on youtube uh, and someone is opening a box and it's making you tingle who you hurting who you hurting let him be let him be it's uh <laughs> it's actually the original uh inspiration for the beatles song uh all right also there's gentle touch whisper it's another example of asmr uh here, here it is oh we're gonna do oh, okay yeah we're gonna we got more oh, okay. asmr done. coming up and uh, here it is. Thank you very much for joining me today. <laughs> what the hell is this? This is AMSMR. I'm going to play with your scalp today a little bit. And I can pull on your hair. Wow. Just I mean, tiny little bit like this. People have way, way too much time. To hopefully 
She's probably making tens of thousands of dollars for these stupid videos. Can you give me a hit count on these on YouTube? I see this on YouTube slash gentle whispering. Can you look at that, Andrews? How many, uh, how many views do these Is that videos the same get? girl, too? Yeah, I think so. It's her account. <laughs> what is the matter with her? Uh, well, people are apparently experiencing brain orgasms or something, they're calling it. Hmm. That's part of the ASMR experience. Tingling, pleasurable sensation that and begins like at the head or up. neck <laughs> and works its way throughout the body. <laughs> no. Uh, strange world we wow, live in. It really um, is. But a wonderful world that mm. happens to have brand new flavors of Frappuccinos. Yes, uh, And uh, we've got uh, six new Frappuccino flavors. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that have, I guess I think were uh, suggested by uh, actual people who go to Starbucks. Like it, was, it wasn't their recipe. They had like a contest or something. Anyway, we have them, uh, at least some of them here. And we're going to try them next on a new edition of Spoons here on the Pat and Stu Show. Yay! Yay! No, stop! She's got 10 million hits on that one. 10 million? Uh, uh, spoons. Welcome. Nice voiceover work there, Jeff. Thank you. Apparently, Starbucks has uh, six new Frappuccino. Crazy Frappuccino flavors. And we have five of them here. Why? Because one of them uh, they didn't have. What? So we have a cinnamon How can roll. I have six brand new ones without one. Cinnamon roll here. Okay, cinnamon roll. We, then we go mm -hmm. next to. Is this some uh, sort of lemon thing? Lemon bar cream. Ooh, All right, that's good. And this is. That is uh, red velvet, which is not very red velvet-ish looking. No, it doesn't look. This one looks like red velvet, is but instead it is something? cotton candy. Oh wow! Oh. And then this one here is cupcake. So the one we are missing is caramel cocoa. Oh, that would be Oh, good. caramel cocoa would be great. That sure would. I mean, I'm going to get some That's not what we're spoons. missing. We're missing caramel cocoa, but caramel cocoa Thank might you. also be good. <laughs> caramel uh, cocoa would be great. Caramel um, cocoa would be really good. So why don't I, uh, here, well, well, this is not an easy one to do. Let's, no, it's You know not. you want the red velvet. Just eat the red velvet. I mean, you're right. Yeah, just that eat it. That yours. Shut so up. sick of red velvet crap. Okay. That, drink a drink. That's very, very coffee. Flavored. Is it, what is? You were telling me these are not. Coffee. I did not tell you that. The, I mean, the, I've, I've never had. I never had the cinnamon roll one before. Uh, uh spoons. spoons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it sounded like you're doing. <laughs> Natasha, are we sure it is doesn't have coffee in it. Hmm. Are you uh, breaking my religion right now? Mm, that one. She doesn't think. Now all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> no, this is just like an ice oh, cream flavor. Now it's, I don't think the cinnamon one does. Now this one, look, this can't possibly. Why don't you try this this uh, cupcakey one? <clears throat> all right. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had frappuccinos before. I've, I've yes, never sir. noticed coffee before, but maybe, hmm. maybe some of them have it. This one tastes lemony. Mm, try this delicious one. Now this is a. Uh, We've got to, so I would say the red velvet one actually has a fruity sort of flavor, which mm. is uh, not normal for red velvet. Uh, um, regardless of what's in them, I don't like them. Do you? And they do have coffee. 
I knew it! No, they don't. Yes, they do. Frappuccino is a coffee thing, right? Dang it. All right. Now you've, you've sentenced me straight to hell. Thank you. <laughs> really? Thank you, yes. Oh, my gosh. I go that's directly terrible. to hell. I do not pass go. I do not collect $200. I go directly to hell. I will say it frees you up for the rest of your life. It does. It does. It does do that. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I don't taste any. There's coffee. <clears throat> taste this one. This one, you will taste coffee. Okay. This is a um, cinnamon roll one. Mm-hmm. The, the, the vanilla cupcake cream one's pretty good. I like that one. I don't think these are great, whatever the deal is. Oh, that definitely has coffee in it. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. That's what I thought. That's a different from I that I don't one have though. a lot of experience with coffee, but that seems that like That definitely is coffee. Okay. Now, this one is not. Tastes like it smells. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I have no religious restriction on coffee, but, man, I, it's just awful. I don't know how I would people uh, have it. It's, <laughs> no, it's just, just right? terrible. It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was not pleasant. Mm. That was not. Which one was that one? How's the uh, bubble gum or whatever? Cotton candy. Cotton candy. candy. Oh, which is pretty freaking good. Which one was bad? The lemon. Hmm. Um, I didn't like any of them. Have you tried any of them? No. Come over here and drink the rest of these. Yeah, I mean, you certainly have no restrictions on anything. Oh, please. I mean, if this was all heroin. Base. I wish you'd be sucking it up. It'd already be gone. I actually do kind of like the lemon one. It'd already be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coffee one, to me, like which is this one is cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. I would stay away from because I just don't like coffee. Yes. Of course, you're not ordering it uh, probably mm-hmm. unless you. No, that one's good. Yeah, I like the lemon. You do like that? Mm. Okay. Mm. And then that is a uh, cotton candy one. The red velvet cakes only okay. You know me with red velvet. Yeah, um, I did like the the cough, the cupcake one was pretty good. Cotton candy, yeah. cotton candy's okay. The the lemon one's okay. Uh, the cinnamon roll's not my vibe, and uh, the red velvet one is uh, well, it's it's got red velvet, so it doesn't look like red velvet though. It's like a colorblind velvet. None of them look anything like what they're supposed to be, mm. do they? I, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't look or taste good maybe the fact that it was brought here and frozen and now it's been kind of thawed yeah, probably screwed it up it's not that bit. far away from a, the way i would say a typical frappuccino tastes from really? starbucks i mean i mean it, first of all it is one obviously but you're right like the reap you know the freezing and everything probably doesn't help it but mm-hmm. they're kind of like in between ices and shakes or like yeah. slurpees and shakes if you've never had one before that okay. cinnamon one's full of coffee Holy crap! Yeah, that's what I and that's just, I, look, that's I mean, I it doesn't have a drop of coffee in the back. You should have it. Uh, it's happened before. Thank Believe you, me, Satan. I, get behind me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, if I was going to pick one of these to actually order, I mean, this is the, the lemon one's a nice sort of a summery, sort of like uh, refreshing flavor, mm. uh, and I would probably go with uh, the the cupcake cream was pretty good too. Do you like the cupcake one, Jeffy? Yes. Jeffy mm-hmm. seemed to enjoy them all. Yeah, yeah they were all, the cinnamon one eh, was, uh, was not. Well, the Jeff- one that was mostly coffee yeah. tasting. Yeah, Wait. I don't know where the cinnamon came in because it was just like yeah. a... overwhelming. If you well, like coffee, more, okay. it probably tastes like cinnamon mm-hmm. in comparison to coffee. I will yeah. say, though, it does this, this segment, if it did nothing else, it does confirm your religion in that if Jeffy liked it, you're almost definitely right. You shouldn't <laughs> be drinking coffee. <laughs> I mean, that pretty much proves it. That's a good it, point. Right? Yeah, hey, wow. That's a good point. That's, uh, it's a, we didn't think we were going to be proving any, uh, any uh, doctor today, but uh, it seems like uh, we, we did. But we did. <laughs> also, real quick, uh, Buzz from, from BuzzFeed, 13 dessert popsicles that you can treat yourself to uh, this summer. Uh, they ha- apparently, there's a strawberry white chocolate popsicle now. Ooh. Um, do we have photos of these? 
salted chocolate dipped mm. banana almond pops with malted coconut honey. Jeez. Oh, wow. Is there a reason that they're not here? Uh, <laughs> why don't we have this instead of the icky frappuccino <laughs> thing? Striped creamsicle popsicles, banana coconut ice pops, red, white, and blueberry uh, yogurt popsicles, berry parfait yogurt par popsicles, Vietnamese iced coffee popsicles, pumpkin cheesecake, and graham cracker crust popsicles, whole fruit, roasted blackberry matcha, matcha pops, hmm. gluten-free vanilla cream popsicle. I mean, Ooh. it come a long way. I since. want all of them. I think <laughs> you had like a fudge sickle when I was a kid. Here. Yeah. And like there would be too much and ice like on the side it. and your tongue would stick to uh -huh. it. You what kind it. is it? It was freezer ice burn. Cream. <laughs> Just the eat kind it. Of, the kind Shut of up. <laughs>